Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. is RS3. RS3. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Welcome, everybody, to our live coverage of the FIA World Endurance Championship, the super season that spans two separate years, remember, and we are racing all the way into 2019 with still three races to go, even when we get to New Year's Day. But there are two more before that point, the first of those this weekend at Fuji Speedway. So it's round four of the 2018-19 FIA World Endurance Championship, and you join us here on RS3 for live qualifying. My name's Johnny Palmer. I'm delighted that you can be with us wherever you are around the world. Maybe you're listening again. Perhaps it's at a rather unquestionable hour for you, but uh, whichever way, whether live or on playback, uh, delighted that you can be with us for this coverage of what so far is a dry lead-up to qualifying. Remember, in two separate sections. First of all, for the GT cars in the Pro and the AM categories, and then we look forward to a further 20 minutes of qualifying for the LMP 2s and 1s. And remember, it is a combined effort for these qualifying sessions. You have to utilise... Uh, two of your three drivers that won't be a problem for many of the gt teams or gt pro certainly because they've only turned up with two pilots but there is a choice to be made in lmp1 lmp2 and in uh, gte am so that's the scene here at fuji speedway uh, promises to be a dry session throughout i reckon but the race could be a very different story tomorrow you're listening to rs3 part of the radio show limited network of channels the FIA World Endurance Championship on RS3. On RS3. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. A fantastic crowd already assembled then around the Fuji Speedway, this fabulous venue, uh, one of the most scenic tracks in the world. Built in the early 1960s, they were racing here in 1965, and the current light, the current configuration takes in 4.563 kilometers 2.835 miles and 16 corners and for a certain Fernando Alonso he is celebrating exactly 10 years since his last race around here and indeed his last victory because on the 12th of October 2008 he was victorious for Renault in the Japanese Grand Prix and since then of course the Japanese Formula One Grand Prix has moved on or moved back to Suzuka, but uh, it's, there have been many uh, editions of the WEC, of course, at Fuji, stretching back to the initial year in 2012 when they came here to Japan. Uh, 2013 was a year to forget because that was the year when everybody arrived for a six-hour race and barely got an hour done, all because of the weather conditions. And again, the weather looking possibly a little bit iffy. We've already had rain uh, in the free practice sessions. And it wasn't only the weather that affected free practice. More on that in just a second. Tomorrow is going to be a mixture, it would appear, of some rain and some heavy cloud. The problem is when it rains in this part of the world, it can be very, very heavy indeed. And even last year's race was affected by a significant spell of uh, red flag, bringing proceedings to a close. There have been red flags in free practice already. And that was mainly because of various issues that have been encountered with curbing around this uh, Fuji track. Uh, Mainly at at turn four, but also turn 13 was a particular problem during free practice two. And uh, actually, uh, with a significant chunk of FP2 taken away from the competitors, an extra half an hour had to be bolted onto FP3 this morning. That's normally a 60-minute session. Uh, but uh, that was extended to 90 minutes to enable all the teams to get their required running. It's tricky to solve this problem with curves. We've seen it before at other venues as well. It's the sausage curves, the yellow ones that are uh, bolted in for car racing and then sometimes removed for motorcycle racing to make it a little bit safer for motorcycle riders. But um, at turn 13, after a Ford and I think a Porsche uh, clattered the curves, 
they these yellow sausage curves were ripped out of their mountings entirely uh, and basically were removed for the rest of free practice too with a view to try and rectify the issue for the rest of this weekend namely for the race because the last thing we want is for the race to be brought to a halt in order to uh, to try and solve this ongoing difficulty shall we say GT cars are already out onto the apron and a reminder that after three races this year at the moment on the radar there is no uh, obvious chance of rain so again we have all the time to wait one or two minutes COVID Qualifying for LMGT cars has started. Please remind drivers of the need of respecting track limits. At exactly 2 p.m. local time, you hear, heard uh, second there the voice of Eduardo Freitas uh, messaging everybody uh, who was about to take part in this session and the teams, of course. And the first voice, I think, was a radio message to Jimmy Bruni. I don't think that was Bruni speaking himself, but that was a member of the uh, Porsche squad just uh, telling... Jimmy Bruni that there may be a chance of some showers over the next 20 minutes although it's unlikely the sky is not clear there is some cloud around but it's certainly nowhere near as bad as it has been in the past here in Fuji um, Aston Martin going out onto track that will be the number 95 car I think with the red door mirrors and Nicky Team's car yes it is the number 95 car heading into turn 2 now Nicky Team car was fastest in FP2 in fact with a 137.659 for the day time's got significantly quicker in FP2 compared to FP1 because that first session was badly affected by rainfall on Friday of course the extended session for FP3 happening earlier on today times again we're getting much closer to what we might expect in this particular qualifying session but 20 minutes will disappear very rapidly indeed particularly bear in mind you start off with one driver they have to do a, an out lap a flying lap and then an in lap and then you ideally want to hand over to driver two assuming that flying lap is good enough and driver two then sets the time Two times are added together from driver one and driver two and then divided by two effectively to get a two-lap qualifying average. Oh, four GT going very, very wide there into turn number one. I wasn't sure whether that was the 66 or the 67, but I think it was the 66 with the green. Yes, it will have been the green detailing on the car. The 66 was fastest in the GT category in FP1 when Stefan Mucha set a very good time. 138.555 as again times got quicker and quicker through uh, FP1 so flying laps have already started then for the 66 and the 67 and our producer in the studio, Rob Lomas, might be able to, if he can, just turn down the level in my headphones, just to his right, if at all possible. Sorry to do the, a little bit of on-air production there, but uh, wanted to get the message through to Rob because I'm being slightly deafened. Anyway, the 66 and 67 Fords are now on flying laps, and the 95 Aston Martin as well is working its way around this four and a half kilometre circuit and we will get initial times coming through very shortly indeed because Ford 67 is now on the main straight and heading across the line it's a 138.791 which is pretty good we have seen faster times than that though uh, through the course of the weekend Aston Martin number 95 heading out of turn 16 as well and heading down the main straight so it's time about to be registered so 138.323 the time to beat and the number 95 car being driven by Nicky Team has gone significant faster there so 
1.9 seconds, 1.2 seconds, 1.9 seconds was initially the gap between team and the Fords, but uh, it's been whittled down by Ben Barker, actually, in the GTE Am Porsche, car number 86, that's the Gulf liveried Porsche that uh, we've become so used to seeing over the last few years, and Ben Barker, of course, is the platinum in that combination, so don't be surprised to see GTE Am cars going a little bit quicker than pros just on this first driver um, cycle and then of course as part of the GTE AM regulations you have to have a I think it's your bronze doing the qualifying as well if not it will be the silver and uh, that will be made clear very very shortly but we've already had five minutes of a 20 minute session then and over the line buzzing its way the 66 Ford which is driven initially our 66 being driven by who have we got in that 66 car it'll either be Stefan Mucke and it is Mucke and he'll be handing over to teammate Olivier Pla in due course Aston Martin back round again so Nicky team keen to keep with this session for a little bit longer maybe he feels there was even more time in the offing and was he able to squeeze any more time out of it is the next question a 135.884 is his best effort but the gap at the top is now down to just 46 thousandths of a second because Tom Blomqvist going incredibly well in the number 82 BMW now heading into this round there was a tweak of balance of performance giving the BMW a little bit more speed or at least that's the theory Aston Martin obviously found pace heading into Silverstone, again helped by a tweak in the bop, but the BMW suffered in the British round, so that has seemingly been addressed now with the BMW going through second fastest, so we've got Aston quickest now at GTE Pro from BMW second fastest and Porsche driven by Jimmy Bruni, car number 91 third fastest, ahead of the two Ferraris who by their own admission were struggling a little bit at Silverstone, well according at least to James Gallardo, he reckoned that the balance of performance was putting the Ferrari nowhere, and then they went on to win the Silverstone race, so maybe James Gallardo was uh, giving us not quite a bump steer, but uh, trying to get us off the scent a little bit there he seemed very surprised though in the post-race press conference that they'd won that race, taking the full 25 points, there is a point on offer for this session, remember both in GTE Pro and GTE Am. And at the moment, the number 95 car then tops the times with, in GTE Am, the 77 car now quickest. So Ben Barker, his time has been bettered by Matt Campbell in the 77 Dempsey Proton Racing Porsche. Ben Barker pits, having set a 137.632. And a 137.879 for Johnny Adams, TF Sport, Aston Martin, which is also in the pit lane. Nicky Team has decided to pit after two very quick laps. 135.884 being his best. And it's an Aston Martin at the top of the times in GTE Pro so far. But there is a long way to go yet, bearing in mind most of the cars that still are circulating will have to come into the pit lane the current driver will have to be popped out and a new driver belted in in order then to give us the true qualifying lap and of course it is only a true qualifying lap when two drivers have done times and those two times have been converted into an average so busy down at uh, the BMW squad with car 82 tremendous lap that from uh, young Brit Tom Blomqvist son of course of many time rally driver Stig bit of a rally legend really Stig Blomqvist and Tom having come through the single seater ladder but now is a BMW factory driver and the M8 looking particularly svelte still a, obviously a very big car compared to the Porsche and the Ferrari more akin to Aston Martin size and many have said that's a 
looks more like a touring car, but it certainly looks like a DTM-type car, the BMW M8. And despite its larger footprint, it's going pretty well. Although the 81 car, which was being driven by Martin Tomczyk, is only eighth fastest. So there is a bit of time to be found there. 136.743 has just been set, in fact, by Tomczyk in car number 81. Other cars to pit as we, we're nearing now the halfway point of this session for GT cars ahead of round four of the FIA World Endurance Championship season for 2018-19. And in the championship, remember that after Silverstone, we had a little bit of movement in the championship battle. GT Drivers Championship, which of course encapsulates both Pro and Am, headed by Kevin Estra and Michael Christensen after their victory at Le Mans, for which they received one and a half maximum points, so 38 rather than the regular 25. They also finished third at Silverstone and second at Spa, so had a really good start to their year. Yet to uh, be on pole position though this season and they lead by 14 points over Oli Pla and Stefan Mucha in Ford number 66 and it's uh, Alessandra Pierguidi and James Collado who had victory at Silverstone uh, back in August they are currently third in the championship in GTE AM the drivers championship is led by Christian Reed, Julian Anlauer and Matt Campbell in their number 77 car ahead of Keita Sawa, Matt Griffin and Mokweng Sun in the Clearwater Racing Ferrari number 61 Mokweng Sun in fact announcing that he will retire from the WEC after the Shanghai race and he made that announcement yesterday so Mokweng Sun the bronze graded driver at Clearwater Racing will be a big miss actually from that team and from the WEC frankly after two very impressive years bronze graded driver stepping down and we yet to find out who will replace him in the 61 Ferrari 488. Aston Martin back out on track. This is the 95 car that was first qualified by Nicky Team then, handing over to his teammate Marco Sorensen in the Dane train. And that car is about to come across the line to set a 136.5, which is 0.6 of a second slower than teammate Nicky Team. Also out on track is the number 97 car, but now going to the top of the times briefly is actually the 82 BMW because Antonio Felix de Costa has just set a one uh, sorry a what's his time a 135.930 make that although has Felix de Costa actually set a time yet no he hasn't so that's the reason why the 82 car has popped to the top it's a slight false reading in this session the only car so far the only two cars so far to set legitimate qualifying averages are the two Aston Martins in GTE Pro and in GTE Am, the two cars that have done it, the TF Sport Aston Martin and the number 86 Porsche, the Golf Racing Porsche, because Mike Rainwright is now out in that car and he has done a 141.079. So of the cars to have set a two-lap average, the Aston Martin is fastest, from the number 97 so the 95 Aston is fastest from the 97 Aston Martin and we're still looking for a time from BMW number 82 now this will be Antonio Felix de Costa to head across the line in a moment or two and car 82 set to 136.621 to give it an average of a 136.275 is that better than the Aston Martin answer no so the average of the Aston Martin number 95 is a 136.209 and seven hundredths of a second slower on the average is the number 82 BMW so very slight margins indeed just seven hundredths of a second as the Ferrari rattles the kerb early on in the lap this is the number 51 Ferrari now driven by Alessandro Pierre Guidi James Collado has already done a 136.300 in the 51 Ferrari so let's see what his teammate can do in the other AF Corsa machine it's Sam Bird now at the wheel of the 71 car but Sam is currently on an outlap so it'll be a few more minutes 
before we see the Brit come round and complete the first of his flying laps. And of course, we have still got the prototype qualifying session to come. Another, uh, another 20-minute session live here on RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. It's Johnny Palmer uh, going solo for this hour-long hour-long broadcast spanning two separate qualifying sessions but I will be joined by Paul Truswell for the race uh, which takes place tomorrow rather early on if you're in the UK or anywhere in Europe I suppose it's still a very very early start you can get all the details of our broadcast times on RadioLeMond.com but as far as UK broadcast times are concerned the countdown to green is due to start at 2.35 UK time that will be through till 2.55 and then we're on, we're on course for a 3am start through till just after 9 o'clock and there will then be obviously a post-race tech show as there always is through till 9.45 UK time but if you go to the RadioLeMond.com website it will do all the relevant calculations for you wherever you are in the world just as long as your laptop stroke home PC clock is set correctly four minutes to go and it's still an Aston Martin fastest the number 95 car from a BMW and that is the number 82 car after great efforts from Alessandro from Antonio Felix de Costa rather and also his teammate Martin uh, also his teammate Tom Blomqvist Martin Tomchek's BMW that was the number 81 car is looking a little brighter now actually up to 5th place although Nicky Katzberg hasn't yet set a time so we will give him opportunity to do that as the number 98 Aston Martin rumbles its way into the final few corners Nicky T is on tenter hooks here bearing in mind they are sitting on a very small margin indeed between the between the averages a 136.093 after Nicky Team and Marco Sorensen's efforts and the BMW which is back out onto an outlap so what's happened there it's come in, it's made a pit stop but they haven't changed drivers so car 82 is running again still with Portuguese driver Antonio Felix da Costa at the wheel and Felix da Costa looking to try and improve on a 136.621 it's number 97 and Aston Martin third fastest the 67 Ford is fourth quickest still looking for a second driver time for the number 81 BMW which is being displayed as fourth fastest at the moment. Has Katzberg gone through yet to set a fly at? No, he hasn't. And that BMW has now slipped to sixth fastest. Two and a half minutes to go on the clock. And it is now Aston Martin fastest in both uh, sections, both in pro and am. So both categories headed by vantages of different vintages. And therefore 95 fastest in pro, 98 quickest in the AM category with Paul Dallalana, the bronze, now out to back up Pedro Lamy's earlier effort. Paul Dallalana has set a 140.057. Compare that to Pedro Lamy's absolute sector, absolute category best of a 136.992. Although as I say that... I beg your pardon, it was the Porsche number 77 which is the fastest in the category and the Aston Martin uh, number 98 has set a 138.021 there's been a change though in the GTE AM category because Satoshi Hoshino who is new to the Dempsey Proton racing lineup this weekend making uh, Hoshino's debut in the World Endurance Championship car 88 goes over the line to now go quickest in GTE AM so every credit to Hoshino there setting a 139.525 and that is very impressive indeed for the 88 crew who are now fastest in GTE AM by 
Let's have a look at the averages. 138.336, and it's less than a tenth back to the Aston Martin. More changes as the BMW now pits from second fastest. Three quarters of a minute left on the clock. And the 51 Ferrari is also heading to the pits. Likewise, the 91 Porsche, driven by Richard Leitz. So we are nearing now the end of this session, and it looks like several cars are deciding to bail out of this session with still time in hand, maybe realising that they're not going to be able to go any quicker in the allotted time. 13 seconds left on the clock. Any late changes as a Ford streams across the line. That was the number 66 car, which is down in ninth position. Now, why is that? A 136.811 was very good from uh, Stefan Mucke. Olivier Pla, though, has been struggling. And I just wonder whether Pla has been has had some lap times taken away from him, maybe because of track limits and Looks like the 66 crew have struggled to get their session rocking and rolling in this in this one so far. So they are down in ninth place, and it's going to be no better than ninth position because they've gone over the line to receive the chequered flag. So locked into at the best ninth. There are cars. There is a car behind which could potentially improve. But the championship leaders, which is also obviously a very big story here, have only qualified in 10th position. Compare that to the other Porsche, which is in 8th spot. So Porsches, okay, maybe not being treated uh, particularly well as far as the latest tweaks of the balance of performance are concerned. But Porsches down in 8th and 10th is quite a story. We do know, though, that the 911 RSRs go very well come the six-hour race format, so maybe we shouldn't read too much into that. Also, positions being locked in as far as GTE Am is concerned, and it seems to be all grins down at Aston Martin, an embrace between Marco Sorensen and Nicky Team, and they're now grouped together for the photographs. Thumbs up. They are confirmed, then, for a pole position in the 2018-19 uh, World Endurance Championship transition season. Also, congratulations to Antonio Felix de Costa and to Tom Blomqvist. They've assured themselves of a front row start in GTE Pro, but it is a big hug from this time Louise Beckett to Nicky Team and to Marco Sorensen. And we should be able to hear from Nicky Team very shortly indeed to get some reaction. John Gore is also down there from Aston Martin Racing. Paul Dallalana, of course, delighted as well for his teammates. But Paul Dallalana, uh, in the end, bumped down to it's second place in category. Let's hear from the Aston Martin guys, great though. Performance. Yeah, it's just so nice, so emotional. It's the first pole for a new car. It's just great to finally slowly getting there, getting the potential out of the car. I know it's a long race, but it means so much to us. Uh, we've been struggling so much um, Spa, Le Mans, Silverstone, we, we, were, we were there, but now it seems like we can uh, finally get up there. Looking forward to the race tomorrow, silly question, I'm sure. Yes, of course, and uh, thanks to all the fans coming out. It's amazing always to come here to Japan, so friendly, so nice, and uh, yeah, appreciate it. See you tomorrow. Nicky Team speaking to Louise Beckett there live from the Aston Martin garage, and he knows that that's part of the work done but uh, there is plenty more of course on the table to do tomorrow uh, over a six hour race and it will be just Nicky Team and Marco Sorensen to pilot that Aston Martin in fact throughout GTE Pro it is all two driver lineups let's run you through the grid then in GTE Pro car 95 the Aston Martin Vantage brand new for 2018-19 takes the pole position and the average lap time was a 136.093 after a great lap from Nicky Team it was the best of the category a 135.884 and his co-driver backed that up but with a 136.302 although interestingly Sorensen was half a second slower than his compatriot there also to start on the front row, the number 82 BMW from MTech, 
their M8 GTE qualifying very nicely indeed. It was a combined effort from Antonio Felix da Costa and Tom Blomqvist and their number 82 BMW with an average of a 136.275. To start third on the GTE Pro grid will be the number 97 Aston Martin. Uh, that's the car, of course, of Alex Lynn and Maxime Martin. And in fourth position on the grid finished the number 67 Ford and that is the Ford of Harry Tinknell and Andy Prio their combined effort a 136.453 fifth position for the 71A of course of Ferrari sixth place for the 51 Ferrari seventh fastest was the 81 BMW ninth sorry eighth place rather for the Porsche the best of the Porsches amazingly enough that was the car of Ricard Leitz and Jimmy Bruni who started the session ninth fastest for the other Ford car number 66 second in the championship Olivier Pla and Stefan Mucha and tenth fastest the championship leaders so of a 10 car entry they were only tenth Kevin Estra and Michael Christensen their time of 137 in GTE Am, it was a pole position for Porsche number 88. The driving lineup being Satoshi Hoshino making a debut in the WEC and joined by Giorgio Roda and Matteo Cairoli. The combined effort a 138.336 puts the number uh, puts the number 88 Porsche on pole position, and it will start alongside the Aston Martin of Paul Delalana. And Pedro Lamy, who did the qualifying, the third driver in that lineup, is uh, Matthias Lauder, of course, in car number 98. They will start from second position in GTE Am. Third in GTE Am, the 77 Dempsey Proton Racing Porsche. Championship runaway leaders at the moment by 33 points and a very strong driving lineup of Christian Reed, Julian Anlauer, and Matt Campbell. But they could only manage third fastest. A 138.524 was the combined time. Fourth quickest in GTE Am, the 56 Team Project 1 Porsche, which was badly damaged in one of the free practice sessions this weekend. But that's been fixed and looks to have. Matt Cairoli, a great qualifying. Here's Cairoli with some reaction from GTE Am. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, Oshino did the pole today. I mean, I, I could not put the lap together, unfortunately. I was maybe overdriving a little bit too much, but uh, Oshino did a brilliant lap, so I'm really happy that he's uh, is my teammate for, for this weekend. So he's just uh, performing super well, and uh, it's, it's, it's good because, I mean, now we were struggling a little bit with the car yesterday, and uh, we are, step by step, we are getting better, so I think we, we, we can be good tomorrow. His um, experience here is obviously helping him with that pole time. Is it helping you with his knowledge? Yeah, actually, he's, uh, he's, he has a lot of experience here on this track, for me, um, it's the second time that I'm racing here, but uh, last year I could not drive in, in dry conditions, so it's something new for me. But uh, I can, if he's teaching me, I, I, will, I will listen to him because he's really experienced here and it's, uh, it's great. Thank you very much. So there is a guy who is getting better and better, if that's possible. Uh, gold graded, of course, just still only 22 years old from Como in Italy, Matteo Cairoli, who was sharing the pole position car uh, with Satoshi Hoshino and Giorgio Roda still to come. Uh, Giorgio and his father Gianluca Roda currently lead the GT category in the European Le Mans series, but it's great to see Giorgio making the step to the WEC this weekend. Let's complete the uh, lineup in GTE Am and then we can move forward to the next 20 minute session. Uh, fifth fastest was the TF Sport Aston Martin Vantage. That's the car uh, driven by Sally Yollock and Johnny Adam. Charlie Eastwood will take place in the race, of course, as well for that crew. Car number 90. Uh, sixth fastest in GTE Am, the Clearwater Racing Ferrari. Seventh fastest was the Golf Racing Machine of Mike Wainwright and Ben Barker, the Porsche. That car starting seventh on the GTE Am grid from the 54 Ferrari and the number 70 Ferrari for Spirit of Race and MR Racing, respectively. So, GT, Pro and Am grid decided. We now turn our attention here on RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels, to qualifying for the prototypes. Time to unleash very nearly the spaceships, and it is LMP1 cars that are at the front of the queue. For this weekend, eight LMP1 cars have been entered, and seven LMP2, so set to be a slightly less busy qualifying session. 
but of course these cars are going to be circulating at much at a much higher rate of knots and therefore the LMP2 drivers will one need to be a little under bit aware. One minute to start qualifying for LMP cars. Under one minute to start qualifying for LMP cars. Because certain corners around this 16-turn track are not particularly tight, but only have one racing line, and it is difficult, therefore, for the LMP2s to make space for LMP1s. But what you hear in the background is the round of applause and the reaction to Sinyatek Alpine Matmut, the 36 squad, finally, yes, finally getting their trophy from the Le Mans 24 hours held in the middle of June, as we all know. Uh, but it is only at this weekend that they got their trophy for winning that race after an extended court case and then subsequent appeal after the G-Drive racing car number 26 was excluded from that race, of course, and then G-Drive subsequently appealed the decision. Three. One pit exit is green start of qualifying for LMP cars. Again, remind drivers any laps which we see or which are reported by being done beyond track limits will be immediately deleted. There is Eduardo Freitas once more. But yes, Pierre Fion overlooking the, the presentation of the Le Mans 24 hour LMP2 trophy which, as I say, after appeal by G-Drive Racing, and that was that turned out to be unsuccessful for the Russian squad, then Sinitech Alpine Matmut inherited the victory at Le Mans, and they were delighted to finally receive that trophy here in Japan. Some discussion being had down at SMP Racing with the team, I think that was Vitaly Petrov chatting through with the guys on the wall, but it's Jensen Button who will be piloting car number 11 for the first section of qualifying takes a brief look in the mirror to the right as he now works its his way through corners 13 14 15 and 16 and nears the end of the lap but it's also pretty tricky into that sequence of corners down at uh, 10 11 and 12 where on one configuration of the circuit actually the track continues straight after you take the right hander at Dunlop, but it's a much tighter right-hander on this part, this type of lap, and you go through probably a 110, maybe 120-degree right-hander, immediately followed by the left-hander at 11, and then the right-hand kink at 12, which brings you back on to uh, the slightly shorter configuration of circuit. 13 is a tight right-hander, but a good overtaking opportunity. Then it takes forever to go through 14. 15 and 16 but very important to get a good run through Panasonic corner the right hander at 16 because that of course determines your top speed down the long long start finish straight the AER engine which is in the back of this new for 2018 SMP BR1 sounding very very crisp indeed in the afternoon not quite sunshine at Japan but at least no rain now changing down the box in an AER engine which is rather mysterious they still haven't have AER released much information about this power plant and nobody knows for sure what its uh, cubic capacity is for example or indeed how many cylinders it has but uh, it sounds very very potent and the AER engine being used in a few cars this weekend obviously both of this season I should say obviously both of the the SMP BR1s and the AER is also was also used in it's planned to be used perhaps in a Ginetta in the future we will wait and see it's the old engine from the Enso CLM of course if you go back far enough as well but that is now Nismo powered uh, many people think that this AER is a 2.4 litre turbocharged V6 but I do know that that's never actually been officially confirmed. Exiting turn one, meanwhile, is the number three Rebellion. The Rebellion Racing entered R13. This car carries a Gibson 4.5-litre V8 engine, and therefore a, a derivation of the Gibson that powers all of the LMP2s in this category of racing. That's a 4.2 litre engine in the LMP2s, a 4.5 litre in 
the LMP1 machines. And we can now tell you, well, I can now tell you who is driving the various LMP1 cars because the number three car has at the wheel young Californian driver Gustavo Menezes in LMP1 number 17, which is the SMP Racing BR Engineering BR1. It's Stefan Sarazan. Car number 10, the Dragon Speed BR Engineering BR1, has Ben Hanley at the wheel. No Henrik Hedman in that car this weekend. So there has been an adjustment to the driving lineup in car number 10. James Allen with his debut in the World Endurance Championship and indeed never been to Japan before. What a country he's always wanted to visit. And his first opportunity to do so is for a race weekend. And this is also his first experience of an LMP1 car. So we wish James Allen all the best this weekend. Plenty of boxes being ticked tick there for the Australian. But I can imagine it's rather a da daunting experience this weekend. But he's got Ben Hanley alongside him to help him out with uh, all the advice and all the information that is required. And Ben Hanley is going to be doing the opening bit of qualifying in car number 10. Jensen Button, as I mentioned, starting car 11. And elsewhere in LMP1, we have the other rebellion piloted by Andre Lotra. It's Jose Maria Lopez in the number seven Toyota Gazoo Racing TSA 50. And Fernando Alonso starting the number eight car. Alonso, who was fastest in qualifying, certainly in three practice two. Uh, and only in three practice two, in fact, because... It was Buemi who topped the times in FP1 on Friday, also in the number eight Toyota. And Kamui Kobayashi setting the best time in free practice three this morning, although I don't think that was quicker than Alonso's time. Let's just flick back to the relevant information. Uh, free practice three. I said it was Kamui Kobayashi to the time. And it was a 1.24. 0.589 for the Japanese so yes that wasn't quite as quick as Fernando Alonso's time that he set in free practice 2 a much interrupted free practice 2 actually but nevertheless car number 8 and the Spaniard has been quickest so far this weekend does that mean that uh, we have some information about how qualifying will unfold we'll wait and see I'm sure Toyota would much prefer the number 8 car to be fastest because uh, Seemingly through the course of this year, Alonso being at the top of the press release has been the desired result, it would seem, for the Japanese outfit. Of course, Silverstone did not go to plan, though, finishing first and second on the road, and then many, many hours after that result, or rather the uh, provisional result was declared, they were then booted out because of a discrepancy with the skid plank much more wear on that plank for both Toyotas than the team expected the measurement was made by the scrutineers and not enough of that wooden plank was left so Toyota's booted out and of course the rebellion car number three inherited the win in Northamptonshire that was two months ago now and all the discussions have been had I suppose we move on still with Toyota topping the championship and by a fairly decent margin but of course the win at Silverstone for Rebellion has closed things up a little bit as far as the championship are, is concerned we have got a swathe of LMP1 cars now pitting uh, after initial times being set and the timing screen showing at the moment that the number 8 car is fastest with Fernando Alonso having set a 123.203 then second fastest in LMP1 is the number 7 Toyota of Jose Maria Lopez a 123.437 third quickest is car number 11 that was Jensen Button's SMP Racing BR1 and Jensen's time a 124.641 uh, fourth fastest in LMP1 Gustavo Menezes in his number 3 Rebellion R13 and fifth quickest car number 17 being the Stefan Sarazan BR1 for the Frenchman so that SMP rating entered car has set a 124.956. In LMP2, don't think I've got as far as giving you drivers actually, so let me rectify that in a moment or two. Roberto Gonzalez looking like he is fastest so far. 
Yes, the number 31 car, and that car is still circulating. The 37 car has pitted, though, being the Jackie Chan DC Racing squad of Jasmine Jafar, Weiron Tan, and Nabil Jeffrey. And remember, it was that team that went so well at Silverstone. In fact, it has tended to shake up the championship battle after that result. The win going to in LMP2, hoping Tong, Gabriel Obrey, and Stefan Rakelmi. But a tremendous result for the all Malaysian lineup of Jasmine Jafar, Weirontan, and Nabil Jeffrey, who finished second at Silverstone, just 1.9 seconds off the back of their teammates. And then it was a bit of a disaster for everybody else because two laps down finished the 36 Sinitech Alpine squad, although they ended up two laps down to the leaders, of course, because the race winners, the number three car, were right between the 37 and the 36. So actually, look, it looks a bigger gap on the results than it was in reality. 38, 37 and 36 were the top three in LMP2 at Silverstone a couple of months ago. LMP2 today, uh, now topped then by the number 31, Dragon Speed, Orica 07, and the time having been done by Roberto Gonzalez. That's the car that he shares with Pastor Maldonado and Ant Davidson. The time set a 128.011. Second in LMP2, Gabriel Obrey's Jackie Chan DC racing car so 37 leads 38 in fact uh, although LMP2 is changing again now because of course we have had a time set by the Dragon Speed machine and that as a result of that time being set it's actually put the 31 car slower than the single lap that the 37 car has set but all of that will shake out in due course make sure that you're abreast of the drivers in LMP2 and I can put some meat on the bones so 37 LMP2 car now being driven by Nabil Jeffrey the 38 car Gabriel Albury the 28 car Francois Perodo the 36 car has at the wheel now Pierre Thierrier that car is currently on an outlap Roberto Gonzalez actually has just taken over the 31 car and initially being driven by Pastor Maldonado it looks like the 50 car is now being driven by Keiko Ihara and it's great to have Keiko back after a gap of something like four years since her last World Endurance Championship appearance I forget which 2014 race she took part in it might have been Le Mans actually so in that case a little over four years since Keiko Ihara has been part of the WEC and she's driving for Labra competition this weekend and it's Nick De Vries now at the wheel of number 29 racing team Nederland Delara P217 Nick de Vries is sharing at racing team Nederland with Guido van der Garde and Fritz van Aert at the top of the times meanwhile the number 8 car has been handed over from Fernando Alonso to Sebastian Buemi the 3 car may well have a new driver as well yes it has Thomas Laurent taking over from Gustavo Menezes and the target on that lap was a 121.690. Well, there's a bit of time still to be found there by the Frenchman, Thomas Laurent, who's come up through the ACO prototype rags from LMP3 into LMP2 and now racing with a fully-fledged LMP1 squad, Rebellion Racing, and their brand-new R13, built by Orica, powered by a Gibson engine the number 8 Toyota now has two times to its name because Sebastian Boemi has gone through and set a 123.9 that's not bad as a banker but is 7 tenths of a second slower than Fernando Alonso's effort however add the two times together divide by two and that gives the team a 123.551 and that is good enough to put the number 8 car fastest so far also setting the number 7 uh, car's second driver time was Kamui Kobayashi on that lap. So Kobayashi doing a 123.678, which gives the car an average of a 123.557. We are talking, therefore, 
just six thousandths of a second as a gap and very wayward indeed there was the number eight car coming out of the tight left-hander uh, where on the track was that might have been turn seven actually out of the tight hairpin at six and rattling over the curbs at seven if not it would have been turn 15 it was a tight left-hander and driving the number eight car currently is Sebastian Buemi as I've mentioned he needed to mop that moment up and actually decided it wasn't going to lead to anything better so decided to pit immediately and then go straight back out again so maybe a change of Michelin tyres for the number 8 car bearing in mind of course that the tyre restriction limits cars not only in the race but also to this qualifying session as well so you've got to be a bit careful about how many brand new tyres you overuse there's been a spin on this lap for the number three car and car number three currently being driven by Thomas Laurent facing the wrong way on the runoff area and that was through the fast left-hander with the spectator banking to Thomas Laurent's right-hand side so that could well have been at turn three I think it was at the left hand the fast left-hander at Coca-Cola and now he's limping back are all four tyres on that on that uh, Rebellion R13 inflated yes they appear to be it's happened just before the right hander the double right hander at 100R and precariously then the car was stopped on the apex of turn three which is blind on the approach obviously there will have been yellow flags warning that uh, there was a car well a car in grief little did many people following through there uh, realised that there was a car stuck on the apex but I'm sure uh, he was able to find a first gear very quickly and avoid any major disasters there the racing team Nederland car had a bit of a wiggle through turn 15 as well sets it up nicely for the run into 16 so a half spin for Thomas Laurent he's made it back to the pits and he has returned to the track good news for the Frenchman is that he's already set a 124.352 which gives Rebellion Racing a fourth place start provisionally, it's the other car though, car number one, which is fastest of the two however, that number one car hasn't yet offered a second driver time, so again that's a false position for car number one, and it is the number three Rebellion that is quickest from this is quickest of the non-hybrids, I should say, from the number 17 SMP Racing, Yegor Rudchev driven BR1, and tucked in behind in sixth place in category, but uh, third of the non-hybrids is the other SMP Racing BR1 of Vitaly Petrov. Hybrid cars, fastest, car number eight, although, oh, I've just noticed that Sebastian Buemi has had a time deleted so Sebastian Buemi will need to set that time again. And Neil Jarney, as I say, still owes us a lap time as well. Meanwhile, Francois Perodo is hard at the wheel at the, his, uh, at the wheel of a TDS racing car, working very hard in that cockpit to try and wrestle the lap time out of this Orica, which was initially time was initially set by uh, Mathieu Vazivier. Vasvier, who was lighting at the timing screens in FP1 yesterday in the number 28 TDS racing car. So that car now exiting the final corner. That looked to be a very tidy exit, actually. A couple of wheels out onto the kerb for Francois Perodo, but he kept, crucially, the other two wheels the safe side of the white line and heads over the timing loop with still two minutes of this 20-minute session left on the clock. Kamui Kobayashi in car number seven takes that car to the top of the times and Sebastian Buemi still needs to set, in fact he's now just set a time that hopefully is legit but it's not as good as his, his earlier effort which if you remember was seven tenths of a second slower than teammate Fernando Alonso's best of a 223.203 so Alonso did a 223.2 Buemi a 124.094 and that is only good enough for second on the grid because car seven now fastest and that's 
mainly down to some great consistency between the pilots in car number seven. It was Jose Maria Lopez who set the first time a 123.437, and now Kamui Kobayashi has just done a 123.678 to give the car a 123.557. Just under a minute to go here on RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited Network, bringing you live coverage of qualifying ahead of round four of the 2018-19 Stroke World Endurance Championship. Johnny Palmer to take you through then the final few stages of this qualifying session. And having looked like... The number eight car had nailed qualifying. Then Sebastian Buemi has a time deleted. And it leaves the eight crew well and truly up in the air. They're still looking good for second. But it may well be car number seven to take pole position for this fourth race of the year. And the next question is, would that be a first for the season? Just looking back previous qualifying performances yes it's been car number 8 to take a pole in the opening 3 meetings so this would be a first for car number 7 if they can hang on already celebrating uh, at the Dragon Speed squad with car number 31 are Pastor Maldonado and Davidson and Roberto Gonzalez although probably not Roberto because he is still in the car no, he, no actually but the car has come into the pit so I think Roberto was down there putting in some high fives are there any concerned looks at Toyota because I'm sure as I say the press release would have preferred the number 8 car to be fastest they didn't count on Sebastian Buemi though having at least one lap deleted and possibly more and it looks like they have now yes they have run out of time so it will be car number 7 then to set pole position ahead of the number eight machine. This is after, of course, off the back of uh, some equivalence of technology tweaks in the interval between Silverstone and this meeting, but also some mid-week, mid-weekend tweaks too. Further closing the gap, it looks like, between the Toyota, non, uh, Toyota hybrid cars and the privateer non-hybrid machines. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. So let's have a look at the gaps in the lap times. Car 7 fastest with a best lap time of a 123.437, but of an average a 123.557 when you add Kamui Kobayashi's time with uh, Jose Maria Lopez and then divide by two. The number eight car of Sebastian Buemi, also qualified by Fernando Alonso, its best time was a... Have a look. 123.203. Well, the photographers are waiting for you. Good morning, please, with that performance uh, on home ground. Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Jose had a pretty good lap, and uh, obviously uh, we keep same tyres, so, you know, I think lap time was, uh, it's not like to improve as much as we expected, but, uh, you know, in terms of like second, uh, same tap, I mean, which is used tyres, uh, obviously I think lap time pretty good, and, uh, yeah, I think for Seb it's quite bad luck for the, the you know, the delaying lap time. But, uh, I mean, this is obviously his little race and, uh, you know, I think he did a good lap time as well. So I had a little bit of luck, and, but still this is qualified. Let's see it for tomorrow. Can we expect to see a good battle between the 7 and 8? As usual. Thank you. Well, yes, certainly between the 7 and the 8. And then the next question is, do we expect to see a close battle between the hybrid and the non-hybrid cars. I still think the Toyota TSO50s are going to have the slight edge, but uh, that gap between them has theoretically been closed with changes in balance of performance, with an extra 26 kilos added to each of the Toyotas, and also an adjustment in the stint length time and the time in the pits too. So uh, that's down to, to uh, refueling time, basically. Uh, to do with fuel flow as it comes out or goes into the car and the amount of fuel that can be injected into the car at any one time as well through the, ca the carefully regulated aperture and uh, it go, go back to what happened at Le Mans of course and subsequently to Le Mans as well with disqualifications from that race when we talk about speed that fuel can go into a car so the averages see car 7 
out front, car eight second, and we're talking 123.557 as an average, 123.648 as an average for car number eight. And how close is the next LMP1 car? Well, that's car number one, the Rebellion Racing R13, which was qualified by Neil Jarni Latterly and initially by Andre Lotra, and their average was a 124.359. Let's get reaction from LMP2, though. Yeah, it's a really good one. Uh, It's the first time I've driven the car on uh, low fuel in quali and the new tyres, so, uh, yeah, it's a really good feeling. You've got a big smile on your face. Okay, that's probably for the pole, but also, how is it driving in the LMP2s? Yeah, actually, it's a more challenging car than the LMP1. It's, um, you know, you've got all the little tools to help you in the P1 class, especially in the hybrid class. Um, so, yeah, you really have to work for it in, in the P2 class, but uh, it's good fun. It's, uh, yeah, it's nice and challenging. OK, I'll leave you to um, celebrate and have your photo taken with the team. Thanks very much. Anthony Davidson from Dragon Speed and Roberto Gonzalez and... And Davidson will stand in the middle then of a collection of drivers. Pastor Maldonado is there as well, but he didn't take part in the session, so still in his Dragon Speed Civi clothing, you might say, with a very smart uh, Dragon Speed jacket, similar to the paint scheme that is carried on the LMP1 machine, actually. But because of sponsorship reasons, of course, the 31 is not in the same type of livery. So that is the end of qualifying uh, here on RS3, but I uh, am still trying to work out the times and therefore the difference in times between uh, LMP1 hybrid and LMP1 non-hybrid. As I say, I was giving you the averages. Uh, The best non-hybrid time then was a 124.359, the best average that is. Let's just have a look at uh, who was quickest in the non-hybrid section. I reckon it was probably Andre Lotterer actually with a 124.031. Did anybody go quicker than that? I can't see that they did. So compare a 124.031 with a 123.203. We're still talking eight tenths of a second as a gap between personal bests, if you like. That's an absolute best, best set by Fernando Alonso and the best within the non-hybrid subsection. But that uh, time set by Andre Lotra, tagged on with Neil Jarney's effort, puts the number one car third on the LMP1 grid from the number three Rebellion Racing R13. Its average time, a 124.533. Fifth in LMP1 will start the SMP racing car, uh, car number 17 of Yegor Aruchev. Matevos Izakian, who is back with the team, and Stefan Sarazan, but of course Izakian didn't do any qualifying. And the SMP racing Jaeger Rucev car number 17 uh, was, the time was at 124.744. Sixth place in LMP1 was the number 11 car of Vitali Petrov, 125.146. Seventh fastest was the number four car, the Baikoles racing machine, Tom Dillman last to qualify that and it's at a 126.5 and eighth fastest in LMP1 was car number 10 from Dragon Speed James Allen of course really getting used to the track to the team to the car uh, but a good effort put in from the young Aussie with all things considered a 127.366 then for the Oz Australian when you combine that to his teammate Ben Hanley's time it was a 126.713 as an average Moving on to LMP2 and the pole position, as we've said, for Dragon Speed. So kind of one extreme in LMP1, as in Stone last in that classification. But a much the other extreme in LMP2, where they have managed to nab pole position after great times from Roberto Gonzalez and Anthony Davidson. Their average, a 128.906. Second in LMP2, the number 37, Jackie Chan DC racing car of the three Malaysian drivers, Nabil Jeffrey, uh, Weyron Tan and Jasmine Jafar. So that car will start from second place in LMP2. Third in that category, the number 38, Jackie Chan DC racing car with an average of a 129.294. Fourth fastest was the 36 Cinetec Alpine car, uh, now crowned as Le Mans winners, of course, and car 36, fourth fastest. Fifth quickest for car 28, the TDS racing machine of Francois Perodo and Matcher that will be raced tomorrow by Jean-Éric Vern as well, the Formula E champion from 2017-18. Uh, Sixth fastest was the number 29 racing team Nederland 
Dallara. So they will start sixth on the LMP2 grid and from seventh position, the number 50, Labra Competition Ligier of Romano Ricci, always decked out in a trilby hat uh, and also doing the qualifying in that car was Keiko Ihara. They will be joined for the race by Erwin Creed and car 50 will start from seventh position. A reminder that in GT Pro, it was the number 95 Aston Martin that took pole position and in GT Am, the number... 88 Porsche was fastest after great work from Satoshi Hoshino and from Matteo Cairoli. That is qualifying done and dusted then. A very interesting grid ahead of the race tomorrow. And with unpredictable weather, of course, in this part of the world, I'm sure we're in store for at least one shower and possibly... uh, Something more interesting than that. Well, we'll take you through the countdown to green tomorrow from 2.35 uh, UK time, which will be 10.35 Japanese time. That will mean a 20-minute build-up then for our countdown to green from 2.35 through till 2.55. And the race starts at 3 a.m. UK time, but 11 a.m. in Japan. Six-hour race, of course, will take us through till just after... Three, just after rather five o'clock in Japan, just after nine o'clock here in the UK, and there'll, there'll be a full post race check show for a little over 30 minutes. Uh, your chance to get involved with discussion topics uh, after the six hours of Fuji round four of this season's can't really say this year's but this season's world endurance championship if you're elsewhere around the world be sure to go to radiolamon.com check the schedule at the bottom of the page it will do all of the calculations for you and there you can find out uh, exactly where all of our different shows are on a very busy weekend of course across all of the radio show limited network uh, not least here on rs3 with the world endurance championship but on rs1 uh, coverage throughout the course of the weekend of the latest Creventic race meeting, the 24H series, there at Spa this weekend for the Spa 12 Hours. And the culmination of the 2018 WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is this weekend at Road Atlanta with uh, the uh, the road the, the rather uh, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, Petit Le Mans with a 10-hour race to end their season, but also uh, a the culmination of the Continental Tyre Sports Car Challenge as well, all on RS2 IMSA Radio. So whichever one you choose to listen to live, you'll have an awful lot of listening back to do uh, via the podcasts in the following week. So thank you for joining uh, our qualifying session, whether it was live or back on the podcast. And be sure to join us tomorrow for our build-up show, the Countdown to Green, ahead of round four of the World Endurance Championship, uh, where I'll be joined by Paul Trustwell. But for Johnny Palmer, from Johnny Palmer for now, uh, we wish you a good rest of Saturday, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.